0: Hey, what's going on? It's the Old Music Podcast. Welcome to episode five. I'm your host Rogan Josh, and today I am talking to one of my favorite Adelaide vocalists. I'm talking to Heath Ross Chapman. Is that how you'd like to be introduced?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my name, so that's yeah, yeah. fine. Is that like <laughs> is that how
0: you credit it on albums
1: and stuff? Yeah, like I I'm used for ages to like just be like I hate my last name, so it's like, well, I'll just be Heath Ross. But like, who gives a shit? So. Like, it's fun.
0: All right. So you are a, what term do you use when people say, what do you do in a band?
1: I just say harsh vocals, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, but then in like, I, I do cleans as well and then do a mixture of both. So I, I don't know, I do a little bit of everything, but mostly harsh stuff. Let's drop back to where I
0: would have first met you. So I was a uh, young up-and-coming musician that hadn't really played any shows yet, only played a few little things. And uh, we rocked up to, oh God, I can't even remember where it was, but it was a big show at the time.
1: Oh, you're talking about HFK? Yeah, man. So
0: so (laughs) we got the big Her First Kiss show and um, you get up (laughs) on stage with Kyle and you had two screamers. And at the time we were like real bare bones. It felt like we were like an Alexis on Fire show. For for me, I was so blown Probably. away. It was huge. Like, um, and you had the two different screams. Emo was just kind of becoming a big thing. And to yeah. have these two dudes jumping around with skinny jeans and fringes, it was kind of like our induction or introduction into the scene. I'm um, oh, no kidding. And yeah, I, it was. It made a huge impact on me. And I remember uh, from then, I just kind of always held you in a very high regard in the Adelaide scene. I think over time, it kind of seems like your vocals have changed, especially now that you've introduced a bit of like the yell singing yeah. into it. But when did you first start to bring in the harsh vocals?
1: Um, well, like probably high school, I'm going to say around like maybe like 15 or 16. There were people in my, like in my year in high school that were kind of into the same music that I was, but weren't heaps into it. What music was um, that? Um, so like just started listening, like my sister was a pretty big influence cause she was, she's like a, she's like a cross punk kid now, but yeah. like back then, like, you know, we were like 12, 13 listening to Slipknot and yeah, Korn and like all the... All the new metal shit basically, like all the good Times, all that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. But then um, she was friends with the guys from Through Closed Eyes back in the day. Okay. So, yeah, so she went to she went to high school. Well, we went to high school with some of those guys. I know the um, band
0: name, but I don't think I ever saw them.
1: Yeah. So they were they were like they were like pretty big in the hardcore scene back in the day. Because they were friends with like all the prom queen dudes, yep. all the da- like DOC Dark contempt, all that. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I was like fourteen, fifteen, I started actually going to hardcore shows and like, like preparing to burn before it was Crafter Fest and like yeah. seeing Parkway when they'd only re- only released their EP and that kind of shit. Oh, that's so huge. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was so young, but like I saw that shit, and I was like, oh man, this is the this is so cool. Yeah, I really, really wish I could yell. Um, and then just started impersonating Hatebreed. Yeah, just basically like it, it just went from there. And then I'm like, oh, I can, I can kind of do this. And then sort of like once I push through puberty a bit, <laughs> um, and like there were dudes in like the year below me who were pretty talented musically into so the same kind of stuff, like, um, like you know, you know, you know, Brody, Brody Green.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim mentioned him, I think, a few times.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, he was in the year below in high school, and like him and our friend Jono we kind of started our first band, which was called the Christopher Walken Experience.
0: That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> it was just, and like um, Brody's dad had like a four track um, recorder, like a really old shitty analog one. Yeah. And we used to just sit in his room on weekends and just record stuff. So Brody was a drummer, um, wasn't he? Yeah, dude. So- he's, he's crazy. Was, like, um, Was he the original drummer of Old Ghosts? I, I believe so. Okay. I believe we did like the first couple of recordings with him. Um, I can't, I can't rightfully remember to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I was in a few bands with him. So, so Christopher um,
0: Walken experience. Did you play any shows?
1: No, no. (laughs) No. It was purely like, I think we only recorded two songs. Um, and then over two days in like year 11 to year 12, we recorded, um, like, uh, it was like 21 grindcore songs um what just with like yeah so a whole bunch of us and like a few other guys we would met like just doing music and whatnot um we just went to his house because he had like a little little music room at the back because his dad was a music teacher yeah and we literally just sat down and just decided to record 15 to 90 second songs um (laughs) we called it so we killed a few people Uh, it was dude that's uh, a very good
0: name for a bunch of 15 or 16 year olds
1: it was horrible. It, it sounded like it's exactly what you expect a grindcore to be. Yeah, it was just really, really horrible lyrics coming out of like you know the brains of pubescent, you know, sixteen to eighteen year olds. So yeah. it was pretty bad.
0: Was it just screams yeah. or was this any queens at the time? Oh,
1: this was this was just yelling and like yeah. everyone was just trying to was everyone was trying as well. Like yeah. it was it was it was pretty awful. Um, From but that, then in. Yeah. Yeah, and then year twelve, I like knew some guys that knew this band called Second Only to Wednesday. they were like a, a pop punk band, yep. and um, they were looking for a vocalist. And I was just, I just thought, I'll try out. And there's a video somewhere of like all the dudes they tried out for vocals, and it was me. I think I think I sang End of Heartache by Killswitch Engage nice. yeah, yeah. for my audition for the
0: band. for the pop punk band. So, Very cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um and then that became that became um HFK from there.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. All right. Being a band with dual vocalists and both yeah. being primarily screamers, you were doing cleans as well. But I was, yeah. Who who was the first vocalist to join the band?
1: I was I was the last member of the band. Alright. So... so yeah. Um from memory, um, they just wanted they wanted a clean vocalist. Yeah. So I I joined primarily to do cleans, but then when we started writing songs, um, I started I started yelling as well because they're like, hey, this could work. Yeah, and we I just did it. So. I
0: think it did um, as well because Kyle's scream was so unique, um, yeah. that it didn't fit every part of a song. Um, I think the way that you guys used it as well, it was almost kind of like Alisana style. The way that he could do that incredibly high pitched scream you wouldn't do all the time but when you like flavor a song with it i think it adds a lot of impact i think and having yeah, yeah two different guys with unique screams is is a bit of a unique thing in a band I, that was something that was um really interesting and like made it made a big impact on on me immediately when i saw you yeah, guys no kidding. um awesome yeah so how long was hfk
1: together like two years i think like if if that even, maybe even like 18 months, it wasn't, it wasn't very long. Um, like everyone was kind of developing their own, everyone was just kind of in the band for the sake of being in a band. That's what it kind of felt like, like everyone was like super chilled out guys, but we played like a few shows. Um, I only, at the time I was really developing like more of a love for like, um, like death metal and that kind of thing. So. And the other guys are more interested in either doing like straight up hardcore, or some of the guys went on and um, uh, formed other bands. Because so, Richo
0: was in that band, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Richo yeah, yeah. played drums. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And then he, him, him and Troy, because um, Troy was in the band as well. Oh they, God, yeah, 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 yeah. And they went off and, and started a, a band. I can't remember the name of their band though. Um, but yeah, with some. A guy from Ballarat. So
0: yeah. Oh, that was uh, that was Chris Appleton. Yeah, that's it, Chris. Yeah, dude. What was yeah. the name of that? I have like, the EP somewhere here. How do I? Yeah, not remember. I don't, I, don't
1: re- I don't remember it all. So yeah.
0: unbelievable. This is gonna drive me nuts. I'm sorry, um, but- Troy, Richo, and Chris,
1: if you see this. <laughs> um, but fun story. The first HFK show was the first time I met uh, Phil. Oh wow. Yeah. All so he's right. um. His first band, I think they were called Man Seed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like like Phil. Yeah. So he was playing bass in that band and we just got chatting at that show. And um, yeah, we kind of developed a a relationship from there.
0: Yeah. Fun fact. uh, This is actually Phil's bass.
1: Oh, no shit. Uh, Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) So that's the bass that I recorded all the Capulet stuff on. Uh, I had a Schechter that I was actually my twenty-first present for my dad, and yeah. a week before we had to go to Sydney to record the EP, uh, my car was broken into and all of my oh, gear no. was stolen. And Phil, just being an amazing dude, gave me this bass for next to nothing, and it's amazing. It's still my bass. I just I love it. It makes a fender. I love the sound of it. So yeah, just that's so sick. Amazing dude to to do that. Um, yeah, definitely. So, so you were just playing with Phil at that first show.
1: Yeah, so I just, our bands just happened to just just be playing the same show. I think it was, oh, I can't remember what it was, Lizard Lounge or something. Yeah. Um, like when it was like some underground thing on Highland Street. What so, genre would
0: you have said Her First Kiss were?
1: I want to say Screamo, but Scream. it was definitely an emo band. Yeah. Like it was.
0: Uh, yeah. I'd say Screamo. Screamo is what came to mind first, but I guess yeah. there was a lot of fringe on that stage, there's a lot of ble- uh, bleach streaks.
1: Oh, there was, yeah, that was when I was still dyeing my hair black as well yeah. would you so, have would
0: you have considered yourselves a party band?
1: No, 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 not really because
0: for us, so I don't know I feel like with my band in the beginnings, I think we almost felt a little bit like we may have been like faking it because we were just like we had jobs, we liked cars, uh, yeah. and then we also listened to heavy music and just kind of started writing as a band and then it was things like that show that we went to and saw you guys and then hanging out with kyle and beck and like going back to like a party house with a crew of people that were all in a scene that's what kind of brought us into the music scene from just being those guys that you know listen to limp biscuit and slipknot and play music together so um but yeah that that night in particular was our first introduction to the Adelaide music scene. Uh I remember like the guys from 919 were there and yeah, there that's was right. yeah. there was like a beef with two people that night and it was just like what is going on. Dude, uh,
1: you're you're remembering so much more about this. It than, was a than re- I am, like, it was a
0: really important yeah. night for for me I yeah. think in particular cuz um yeah we were really really like I just started uni uh yeah. we i went to a specialist sports school i was like the kid that listens to metal um yeah and there was no one else that listened to heavy music at my school until ben ben started in year 11 um yeah. and i remember it's like at some point he saw that i had a limp biscuit cd and he's like oh thank god like someone else <laughs> um and yeah, then to was, yeah yeah to come from a beach school
1: say, yeah no, no kidding yeah sorry what um, were you gonna say I was just- I was going to say that like that, just coming back to think about it, like that was my very first show that I ever played. Seriously? Was my, yeah, it was my very, very first live show.
0: That's incredible.
1: Yeah, like that. It was
0: a big show. There was a lot of people yeah. there that night.
1: Yeah, it was cool. Um, I'm trying to think, who was the other bands that were playing? It's Manseed. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the band we played with. Yeah. I don't know. Like... Because like I think because I joined the band late as well, like all the dudes were like pretty departing and all that. But like I i I never really kind of clicked with them a lot, I yep. guess. So like they're all they're all like pretty pretty cool hanging out and, and getting drunk and all that. But like I usually would like my friends would come to the show. Um, you know, I'd pretty much like rock up for sound check. Yep. And then I'd be like, Sick, I'll see you when we start playing. Yep. <laughs> and then kind of and then I'd go and then I'd come and play the show. Then I'm like, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends because oh, I'm weird. Bye. And then I'd <laughs> yeah. and then I'd leave like, yeah. and that
0: that <laughs> musician be, aura.
1: uh oh, it just tended to kind of be like, a, I guess like a bit of a theme for me, even in other bands as well. Yeah. Like I'd get a I'd get very very socially con- like socially awkward and like conscious and like like hide behind it like no, I'm a I'm a cool guy. I'm in a I'm in a band or whatever. But like yeah. really it was like there are too many people I need to, I need to just do my thing and get out of here as quickly as I can.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Was that part of the reason that HFK like moved apart or was it just the musical differences?
1: I would say like that, that and the musical differences. Yeah. Like,
0: um were you starting yeah. anything else while you were in her first kiss or did you wait till after?
1: I honestly don't remember. Um, But I do remember Phil approaching me and being like, Hey, um we're doing this we're doing this metalcore band um do you want to do you want to come along and jam and then like i just remember going down to his house at semaphore and like jamming in his back room yeah with um like um pat and adam both from both from old ghosts as well what band was uh, that that was uh that was this side of the massacre ah very nice yeah, so that's how that all came together. That's
0: another um, one of those kind of legendary, like a lot of underground credit Adelaide bands. I remember hearing <laughs> hearing like when you saw the side of the Massacre Flyer or like heard about you guys, there was a real kind of buzz of being like a very genuine, like a like the real thing. Whereas I feel like like you were saying her first kiss was more of an emo scene kind of style band where it's like you were doing the right songs for the right time. But then I feel like this side of the massacre was more of a
1: authentic group. Yeah. Like it, it definitely felt like, especially the time, it felt a bit more um, like a bit more progressive than a lot of the stuff that was around. Like a lot of like, that's, I kind of feel like when, when massacre started, um, like, there was a lot of heavy bands coming on the scene. Like, you know, you had like Lake Nios, Jack the Giant Killer. Yeah. Um, like, you know, those dudes moved down from, like, literally moved from Wyala to Adelaide to play shows. Was Andy um, Berry in Jack the Giant Killer? Andy Berry, no. Yeah. No, he was ah. in like Catalyst. Um, ah, all right. And like, yeah, just like, um, you think, I think you're thinking of um, Jacob.
0: I am. I'm thinking long of. Goes. Yep.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah like just playing shows with all those guys and like a lot of them were like very mosh mosh heavy heavy bands whereas um we didn't really play breakdowns you know or at least not the not the ones that people wanted to mosh to and i distinctly remember one of our songs um inner workings of the ghost machine we wrote a breakdown and purposely made it extremely short to annoy as many people as we could.
0: Yep, yeah, I remember like, that age.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, because we were just like, oh fuck this shit. We just want to, we just want to play. We want to play heavy. We want to play fast. Um, and that's yeah. Brody, Brody joined the side of the massacre and kind of made it really, really, really technical. Like yeah. the EP that we did, that was I don't think ever properly released. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it was on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or something um but like Brody's drumming is just absolutely fucking crazy
0: yeah
1: when like it's next level
0: yeah when the um bands are writing well I guess we'll say with the out of the Massacre because that's what we're talking about now what was your input on the songs at the time were you like helping to write from the start uh were, like are you I don't know if you can play any instruments actually uh, at all <laughs> um or were you just like the songs complete and you were adding the vocals to that
1: definitely early on I'd be like in for some of the writing process, like when they came in and we'd be jamming and they'd be, they'd be writing a riff. I'd be thinking of like, um, I guess vocal patterns would be the best. I don't play an instrument at all. Yeah, yeah. I've tried. I can't, <laughs> I can't get my head around it. I'm also like, yeah, I get very impatient with that kind of thing. Yeah. So like, I don't, I might be able to do it now, but I haven't picked up a guitar or anything in, in years, but yeah, it was, it was more just a more, just like getting vocal patterns down and then thinking of stuff to write about, you know, which for this side of the massacre was like, oh, I watched, I, I've been watching Blade Runner on repeat. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to write about, you know, Roy Batty.
0: Um, Were they always externally know, like uh, driven lyrics or what? like did you, was there any times that you wrote like from the hard or personal experience?
1: Yeah. Like um, I'd kind of throw it in there, like I'd layer it into it. Like I was a bit, again, just, um, at the time, not realizing, um, like my own, my own mental health issues and whatnot. So I'd start, I'd kind of use that as, as sort of like the face of my issues. So like, um, or, and then I started kind of writing a bit more from the heart. Um, like we had a song, um, uh, that, oh, what was it called? It was called like the the beast that shouted love at the heart of the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was a bit more like I just I just broken up with a girl and I was I was in like a real sort of like self-loathing type of mode. So like a lot of those lyrics are kind of about like you know hating the person that I am and and kind of considering myself a failure. Yeah. But like la- layering it with you know oh, I've watched heaps of Neon Genesis Evangelion, yeah. so that's what I'm actually singing about. Well, that's, you know, So that's try, the try to hide it and layer it in. Show
0: to watch when you're not feeling good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. I, exactly. I had gastro
0: last week, and I was feeling yeah. so horrible. And I was laying in bed, and I was like, "I need just something on Netflix." And I actually turned on because Neon Genesis is on Netflix, and I watched yeah. about yeah. five minutes of the first episode, and I was just like, oh. "God, I cannot watch this right now." Yeah, what a horrible thing to, to, to do to Fucking yourself. Man. You, oh my god! <laughs> when you're not when you're not feeling uh, strong or confident, that's the worst possible role model in that moment. Yeah
1: oh 100 percent. it's just like you know dude's got daddy issues his yeah mom's dead it's just like you know how much more upset do you want to be oh he's in love with his carer and also every girl he sees that's awesome true. Yeah. yeah sick oh wait the robot's his mom sick yeah. into it Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with
0: back to this side of the massacre how long did you go for as a band and how many releases did you guys end up doing
1: we only did a demo on the EP and the EP wouldn't even really release from memory. Yeah. Like the demo was cool. Like um uh, we did four songs that was that that went really well. You know, we played we played a lot of shows, I remember, as this side of the massacre. And we got to play with some some really fucking cool bands. Like we got to play with like uh Pitch of the End from Melbourne. Yeah. Uh like all all the big Adelaide names back then, like Cry Murder and the Rivalry Jones Sound Syndicate got to play with a, a, a lot of really, really good, biggish bands, you know, Jack the Giant Killer. Yeah, um, you know, that's kind of where, where we started making, um, like making friends with like other people in bands and, and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, it was, it was cool. And then how did the band end? It just kind of fizzled out, you know. Um, I think the big, the big loss was Brody. Um, he was really, really tired of playing death metal. Stuff yeah you know as someone as incredibly talented as he is, he had a another project at the time uh called Saturnum that was like a an opethy type band that he was he was more interested in um he had his music schooling stuff that he was doing like he was studying to become a music teacher, which I believe is what he is now yeah um and he was more interested in kind of doing like you know like jazz fusiony type stuff like. Um, for want of a better term, like something a bit more drum wanky yeah. than just, you know, blast beats and and breakdowns, That's basically. So, it's so, so
0: funny you say that. Yeah. When you said, opethy, oh, the word that came to my mind was wanky in the most respectful yeah. way. That <laughs> yeah, is literally exactly. the word that popped into my head. So when you said that, I was like, oh, thank God, it's not just me.
1: Yeah, and I, and I don't mean it negatively at Neither all. Do I. Like, Neither do it's, I. It's the best type of drum wank. Yeah. So, you know, 100%. all the more power to you, buddy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And then so from there, what was the next musical project?
1: Um, pretty much like leaned right from that into um the first iteration of Myra Jade, which was Slow Motion Jones. I've never so, heard that name from Myra Jade. Slow Motion Jones. Yeah. I've never heard Myra Jade before. I've
0: I've heard Myra Jade, but I've never heard Slow Motion Jones.
1: Yeah, so that was like that was the first um the first name we were called. We only played I think two or three shows. Yeah. slow motion jones if that why but, did you change the name um especially well, after playing shows i like the name a lot it's a name i came up in high school um me and my friends were trying to think of hobo names and i came up with <laughs> slow motion jones <laughs> it just always it just always stuck with me it's hobo names thing of, that's so yeah, good i don't know you know you know yeah, what a weird 15 year old does at high school yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was just yeah um but the guys wanted something a bit more punchy, like so much yeah. Jane seemed like a bit, bit too much of a joke name. um. So I was like, Myra Jade sounds cool, right? And it does. Like, yeah, Myra Jade's sick. And I'm like, that's <laughs> Star Wars reference. Yeah. So What um, Star Wars reference is that? Um, In the extended universe. Okay. Um, that's all you Mara- need to say. <laughs> no, exactly. tell me, tell me, tell me. I yeah. need to know. Myra um, uh, Jade becomes Luke Skywalker's wife. Ah, okay. She's like a bounty hunter that becomes his wife and becomes a Jedi herself. So it's what fucking is, sick. She's badass. That is cool. What is the
0: name of the chick from Fight Club? Marla Singer. So I didn't think it was her, but it carries that same. Not only does it sound very similar, but it carries that same kind of mystique.
1: Yeah, it does, and like, and also there was the Adelaide band called Marla Singer as well. So um
0: there was too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah sorry i think it's that's a little more of... on the nose i think mara jade's <laughs> a bit of a sexier name
1: <laughs> yeah i like it it's just it's yeah i've always i've always liked the name mara jade i love that band so much
0: so let's say that technically well not technically what's the word figuratively let's imagine yeah. <laughs> that 10 years from now let's say that uh you stopped music and 10 20 years from now someone said oh you used to be in bands or I used to be in a band and you're like, yeah, if you were to tell them the band you were in, which band do you think through this was your band? Like, if you were to think of, like, this was my band, which band would you would you say, like, from, from I'll the s-
1: heart? I'd say Mara Jade. Yeah. Purely because, like, Mara Jade was the band that I started. Like, yep. more or less every other band that I've been in, I've joined in some capacity, like, they've been around... Yeah, Mario Jade. Like Mario Jade started with me, and um, the first guitarist Adio sitting in his bedroom, trying to rip off uh, Gallows and the Bronx. And which which I Adio? Die. Which Adio is this? Ryan Adio.
0: Are you serious? Yeah, man. He was the he was the first guitarist. Dude, I had no idea. He's yeah. my favorite Twitch streamer. Oh no shit! I yeah. Uh, he, yeah he streams yeah. under the name QB. I watch him all the time. He he's the one that told me uh, the things I needed to get for this mic.
1: Oh, sick! No kidding, dude. Awesome. I had no
0: idea. I only know him as the guitarist from Nine One Nine and Emma calling.
1: Yeah, no, he was he was the he wrote the first the first few songs for uh, for Slow Motion Jones, um, and then like we got we got his friend Anders who joined the band. Adio, like he eventually left. He just didn't want to play live anymore. Wasn't interested yeah. in playing. We got Caleb to join at that point. And then um, we had Shane on, Shane on bass and then eventually Stuart, our original drummer, um, things didn't work out with him. So we got, um, we we played it like a show or two with My Catalyst. Yeah. And so we were just like, Ryan, do you want to, do you want to join the band as our drummer? And like, he just, he changed the game for us completely.
0: Yeah. My Catalyst are some of the best dudes.
1: Oh mate. Best dudes. Absolute, absolute party band. Oh yeah. Like, they they definitely those shows we played with them and everything else preceding that for myra Jade pretty much made us become like the party band.
0: Yeah. They but, they played uh, they played our My Farewell show at Late Uni. Yeah. And yeah. um before we went on stage, they did a thing where we stood in a circle, the two bands and they had a bottle of uh, is it american honey is that the whiskey yeah I and think that's the one, yeah. we had to keep drinking and passing
1: until oh, the until bottle was... was
0: gone oh my
1: god <laughs> they are oh a party god. band they are a party band my my worst drunk experience was at their album launch
0: yeah where
1: i got there i got there early and i was i was drinking out the back with them and I got so drunk that I couldn't. I literally couldn't stand on my own two feet, and that's I had to standard. leave halfway through the gig. I didn't even get to see them play oh or anything. God. Like that's amazing. That's, no, it wasn't. It was. It was absolutely horrible. Yeah. My uh, yeah. My wife at the time did not have a very good, very good time that night. So yeah.
0: That sounds like quite the memory, though.
1: all uh, or, or lack thereof.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> so Mara Jade, how long were you, was it the band that was together the longest or is it just because it was the one that you started? Oh, I th-
1: I think it was probably together for the same amount of time that old ghosts was, but I think because this was the band that I wrote the lyrics for, this is the one I kind of had like a lot of, a lot of say in how the sound was and how we, wa- how we wanted to write things. You know, everyone was kind of, and like not only that, like everyone was on the same page with what, what yeah. it wanted to be. It's like sick. We want to, we want to rip off Norma Jean, The Chariot, Every Time I Die, Marlene and the Sons of Disaster, yeah. and Gallows. That's it. Yeah. Don't want to do anything else. We want to write lyrics about fucking whatever. It uh, doesn't matter what it is, just as long as I've got cool hooks and like write some write some cool breakdowns that people can yell along to. That was it. Right. Yeah. Like, so yeah.
0: And then, so from Mara Jade, there was there wasn't another band in between there and Old Ghost, was there? <laughs> yeah. The, what oh, what was in
1: between there? Um, I played in a deathcore band at the same like I was in I was in Mara Jade, um, Old Ghosts, and this deathcore band called it Dead Silence all at the same time.
0: Okay, I haven't heard of a Dead Silence.
1: Yeah, so they're, they're just some du- again, just some dudes that needed a vocalist, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play a few shows like to, just to get my my metal fix. Yeah. Um. And that was cool. Like, played in a state a little bit. Um. Played with some some cool bands and international supports and whatnot. Um. And I think, mixed in that mob there as well. Um. I also played, like, three shows for Abandon All Hope as well. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. I I had no idea about that either. That's huge. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was and that was crazy because like Abandon All Hope was like one of the one of my favorite bands, um, that I started listening to, like in the scene um, yeah. when I first started, and I worked I worked with the guitarist Sean like we worked at Intanode together. Yeah. Um, so when when Mike, and the vocalist, quit, they're like, "Oh, we want to we want to keep going. Um, do you want to do vocals?" I'm like, "Ah, I can never fill his shoes, but I'll 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 give it a I'll give it a fucking crack." Yeah. Um. And that was really cool. So. So like, why, why only
0: why only the three shows? What happens
1: without? Um. Lineup? Just ever. Just again, like, the band just broke up after that. Basically, like they just they just released their album, um, which Prowler, which was fucking awesome. Um, played a few shows, but then like, everyone was like, I guess kind of over it to an extent. Like Jared had his other band that he was working on. You know, Chris was the drummer. Was like. You know, becoming like full-time dad, and really focusing on his career. Jake was kind of the same. You know, he just his, his, his kid and you know his second son on the way at the time. I, I, I think so. It just all kind of came to a head where everyone was just like, nah, this isn't going to be a thing. So, yeah, it's kind of a bummer, but really, really stoked to even be asked to. You know, even if it was if they told me to fill in for one show, I would have been like, fucking, this is the peak of Scene Heath's career right now. <laughs> Is playing <laughs> playing for this band.
0: The peak like, of so i seen heats career. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: It's like playing playing for this, this wicked band. You know.
0: So that no, was cool. And with old ghosts, so old ghosts started with Phil on vocals and then yep. I love Old Ghosts. I'm just gonna put it out there. Um I don't know <laughs> if I've if I've spoken about it enough on chats or anything that you've yep. been in. Basically all of all of Phil's bands I've always been Obsessed with, like, really blown away yeah. by whatever kind of magic he has. I, I just always like We the Sentinel, and all Black Lung Theater. I was all about, and then when Old Ghost came out, because being a huge Dance Gavin Dance fan, yeah. And then hearing it was, a, it's almost like a darker uh Dance Gavin Dance is how I kind of felt.
1: Ag- Agreed. I would. I I totally back that. 100%. So
0: yeah, and I know that Tim in the in my episode with him, Tim Bartell mentioned that the band was kind of Phil's like dance gap and dance phase. Like he wanted to do a band in that 100%. style. Um did that affect how you guys sang and wrote?
1: Well that's the thing. Like I wrote one percent of the lyrics for that band.
0: Oh so that's a like that's a Phil? That's a that's Phil jam. One,
1: yeah. It's a it's a Phil it's a Phil jam. Like Phil Phil had a very specific, um, you know, very specific uh, vision for how he wanted the music to sound. Specifically, the specifically the screaming. Like he wanted, he wanted what I felt like him punishing me (laughs) by by being like, "All right, you have to scream all of this stuff very quickly in one breath." Yeah, just all the time, and it's like I was like, "Ah, "Sure, man." Like. (laughs) this is, this is fine. You know? Yeah. Um, and like the, the only lyrics I think I wrote were let my magic fingers guide you there. That's a good line. Um, it's a great line. Yeah. It used to be so much dirtier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that bit was supposed to be like, just lay down, close your eyes, let my magic fingers work their way inside. Um, so it was, it needed to be cleaned up a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the end of, uh, I can't even remember the song titles right now. You know, the song that ends with me yelling, this is not the end.
0: Uh, is that fruits?
1: Yes. Fruits yeah. from trees. So like the yelly bit that I do right at the end, um, the, um, there is not left for us to salvage that part. Like that's yeah. the one, one part I wrote it feels like, I don't know what to write for this. I'm like, I'll write something for it then I wrote that and it, it it kind of fit in have so. you
0: have you ever been a fan of La dispute yes okay absolutely. thank all right because if you hadn't ever heard of them, I was about to blow your mind because I remember hearing that for the first time, and it's like this Adelaide band was suddenly playing a mix of all of my favorite bands It was like this is kind of <laughs> like d g d and kind of like du La dispute and kind of like a lot like birds in one band um. <laughs> like musically, vocally. Yeah. I was just like yeah. so excited for it. And the you apart from those bands, you didn't get local bands doing this stuff to this level?
1: Yeah. I kind of felt again we kind of had that niche, like the whole the whole um like two vocalist gimmick yeah. um worked really well, I think. Again, because like I, I love post hardcore um to an extent. Um, but the more screw my way stuff, like I'm actually not a huge dance game dance fan. I'm more of a, like Alexis on fire at the drive in. Yeah. Like that's kind of more my, more my post hard like last jaw and that kind of stuff. Like kind of prefer that, that kind of side of post hardcore, I guess. So like when we played shows and like, we played with, you know, I think we played with slaves at one point and yeah. all that kind of thing. Like everyone was like, you know, frothing johnny craig and all that pretty hard and like i could at the time i was just like i could not give any less of a fuck about who this guy is like i was to the there point where i I'm was like, there frothing johnny craig <laughs> yeah, exactly you know it's just just not my bag man yeah, yeah you know like um i was just like cool we'll play a show we play a show and, and again i'll be like sick i don't want to be here i'm going like sorry if this makes me look like an asshole but i just i don't want to be here at yeah. all you know
0: so it's interesting that that's something that you had through from the first band all the way through so even after the amount of shows and band situations that's just like what i guess who you are inside you know you've got that i'm here for the music but i'm not here for the the bs after oh yeah i
1: mean to an extent i mean if it was if it was bands that like i really wanted to see that we played with like mara j got to support um vanna and norma jean um which was like that was probably like one of the best shows one of the best shows we ever played for a start and like um two of the two of the coolest bands i've ever played with like i'm a was a massive norma jean fan um and like vanna at the time um had released like a, a really sick album that i was very into so being able to like play that show and then look down the front and see like goose who's now at every time I die, like up. rocking out and having a good time. And like Sean, Sean, the bass player from Vanna, like those two dudes, like just noticing they might like, look at each other, like, holy shit. That riff. Yeah. I was like sick. I got approval from famous, from who I considered famous people. Yeah, this, like is, life this is all I need right now, you know? So
0: yeah. So what what are you doing now? Have you got any musical projects? Or was Old Ghost the last kind of thing before COVID?
1: uh so I did um, I did uh, a little project with Andy Andy Berry from my Catalyst, uh, called Shoalhaven. So, um, were you guys asking Ben to do drums I, on I, that?
0: Th- yeah,
1: I think I think it still might become a thing. Hell yes, um, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for him to do his thing like i just wait for him to hit me up yep. um but we wrote um it was kind of like key in my life as well like i I just separated from my now ex-wife um and he was like hey man i've got three songs that i want you to do music to can you write some songs i'm like well have i got trauma to sing <laughs> yeah. About? Fuck yeah so yeah have i got um, some
0: material for you
1: oh and yeah there's some pretty scathing shit on there as well like there's part of me that kind of regrets it but there's another part of me that's just like i needed to get it out yeah um so we did that we did three songs there um and then we released another song um released one song called that is the only song i've ever done that has been completely cleans wow Um, yeah yeah this is letting go and like that was a big thing for me because i've never done just cleans so i was like super nervous like number one super nervous writing about it because i was still like pretty emotionally fragile and i'd written some pretty some pretty emotional emotionally charged stuff that like you know even even thinking about it now um you know kind of fucks with me a bit yeah um but like just having to having to try and sing when like i didn't have it but i have no confidence in my clean vocals i can scream as much as you want me to but like trying to sing is like yeah i don't know how the fuck tim does it he's (laughs) a machine but yeah but just trying to hit notes and stuff and then getting super angry when you can't do it yeah you know like yeah Andy definitely had to clean up a lot of crap there
0: Um, i I am like is there what's the easiest way to hear that it's on spotify awesome all right and how do you spell Shoalhaven? i'll have this um, in the uh comments for the episode for those listening
1: yeah to show, Shoal S H O A L. Yeah. Um H A V E N. Yeah. One word. Beautiful. Nice. Um I'll 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 link it to you, man, if that's awesome. easier.
0: Yeah, dude. Um very uh, good to hear but, it.
1: But but in terms of right now, I just recorded a demo um with some dudes. So uh Tim, the drummer from a ghost orchestra. Yep. Just some other guys, uh Josh who plays in a band called Broken Tether. Um and uh, this guy Brad playing bass. Um, but it's tentatively called, it's probably going to be end up end up being called scratch lines, scratch, um,
0: scratch lines,
1: scratch lines. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a, a DB hardcore band. Yeah. It's like slow. It's a four piece. It's just slow. It's just heavy. It's got breakdowns. It's, it's, it's very tough. It's a little bit, it's a little bit left of center. Like there's a, there's a few like off timey riffs and stuff um but it's a band that you can like nod your head to more i'd say mosh to but i'm 32 and the very (laughs) thought of that makes my back hurt
0: so yeah i know that feel um (laughs)
1: yeah so yeah very cool all right sounds
0: pretty cool so far awesome well i yeah i can't wait to hear it um and i want to go back hear some Showhaven as well sounds super interesting so yeah no thank you so much for jumping on the pod and and having the having a talk
1: yeah, for sure, man. Thanks so much for having me. Like, it's really cool. Went for way longer than I thought, but
0: I, I talk a lot, especially that, when I'm
1: nervous. So
0: that's all good. Cause I'm trying to get the episodes at 30, but I edited them down like pauses and stuff. So I'll, I'll yeah. you know what I was going to say, I'll edit this out. I'll forget, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nah, awesome. What happens? Yeah. Awesome. Talking to you. So uh, is there anything you want to plug other than scratch lines? Anything else you got going on? Anything for people oh. to follow?
1: I've got I've got nothing going on, but um, listen to Daglo Freaks. Ah, New Tim Bartell like, funk group. It's so good. Very Timmy's, cool. Timmy's too good. I hate him, but I love him. Yeah,
0: I know that feel. He's just. <laughs> it's a. It's been a lot of hard work though. Like, but you know what? Yeah. People feel like that with your screams.
1: Uh, but because they're too, they're too nice,
0: it's. Nah, I'm just yelling, man. It's just it's it's a talent I wish I had, and I've always uh, been very jealous and just loved your vocals in in everything I've heard it in. It's a it's a very like a very high quality um, and authenticity that you always bring to bands, I find, um, and you can you can really tell when it's a, a Heath band. So I think oh. that um, yeah, all all the stuff I've heard that's ever had you in it, I always kind of hold a little bit higher like what the same way with uh with phil if i know that phil yeah. is a part of a project i kind of hold a little bit higher I, I next time i talk to you we're going to do this again i've got to talk to you about how the hell you two worked in a band because you both yeah. are so like <laughs> you've got a you've got a like a focus in the way that you want <laughs> things done and it must yeah. have just the stars must have just aligned
1: <laughs> yeah it was, it was, it's a lot a lot of lot of lot of lot of arguments yeah oh god i can imagine (laughs) um and we're both stubborn as hell but yeah it's 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 definitely uh definitely good good conversation thanks for the kind words i'm really really bad at taking compliments so i'm really awkward about it so thanks for saying i have a you like my voice it's really
0: appreciative giant fan very high quality and uh i'll end it end the podcast by saying. Come and find me on uh, YouTube, Rogan Josh, uh, Music Reactions three times a week, the podcast or music podcast. You're listening to it. So keep enjoying and uh, come find me. Rogan Josh Insta, Rogan Josh FB, and I'm a Twitch streamer. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you Heath again for being on the pod. Stick around for a minute and uh, we'll keep chatting. But yeah, see you guys next week. See ya.